You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another one of these Walking Dead reviews. We are now six episodes deep into the final season, season 11. And, man, this was quite the episode. Definitely uh, different than, I think, the rest of the episodes that we've had this season so far. And definitely un was unique, and it sort of stood out on its own. But, as always, I'm joined by my Any Given Schmode co-host, Corey Cameron. How are you doing tonight, man? And what did you think of this episode overall? I'm doing great. Uh, I I love this episode. This episode, like you said, it's very different from really all the other ones. And we haven't had something like this in a long time from The Walking Dead. Uh, so I'm excited to to get into it. Uh, how are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. <clears throat> Might be my favorite episode of the season so far, actually. Uh, and if you're a fan of horror, like oh, good old classic horror, then this is definitely the episode for you, because there was a, a lot of that, um, you know, in, in this sort of the, the theme of this episode. So, um, yeah, I think we should just jump in and talk about it because, man, this was like almost, a you know, could be a, in the Conjuring universe or something, you know, very like James Wan sort of, as I said, mixed with like some old school horror vibes that I got from just what we had with Connie, uh, who we haven't seen in a while and, uh, you know, because she's film, she was filming Eternals. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it was great to see Lauren Ridloff back and and have that character back. And as we saw her last time, escaping with uh, Virgil, who we saw cross paths with Michonne earlier on in the show, and they're trying to sort of get away from the the horde from, from all the zombies and everything, and they escape into this uh, very creepy house. And they soon discover that they are not alone. And uh, she's definitely freaking out and suffering from, you know, not uh, sleeping, as Virgil sort of explains to her. Like, you know, you just need to you need to get some rest because you're, you're starting to see things. Uh, and she, she thinks she's starting to, to see things. And, you know, it's, it's very um, she's a very unique character and somebody that I've, I've been very interested and invested in throughout the course of the show, because, you know, mainly because she's deaf. And everything, and the actress as well, uh, and it's just very, very cool to see that sort of take on somebody that has that impairment in th this sort of post-apocalyptic world. So, really, really enjoyed her take on the characters, specifically in this episode. And she's just a brilliant, brilliant actress, and makes me super excited to see more from her in in both this show and in the Eternals and some of the other projects that she's got lined up. So, um, yeah, first off. Many props to, to Lauren here in this episode, and I really, really like what she did with this character. Um, this is sort of my, my first take on sort of her and, and sort of where we picked up from her uh, story here. Uh, but what do you think, Corey? Yeah, I, I loved how they kind of dove into her character and kind of what 
challenges that present to someone who is deaf uh, in, in the apocalypse or the, the post-apocalyptic world. Uh, and you can see the challenges of how does she communicate uh, with people who aren't familiar with her, or people who are complete strangers with her. Uh, and when this episode like first started, um, I was like, I, I hope they take all the sound out and put us in uh, her perspective. Uh, yeah. And they ended up doing that. And I love that. Very, very silent moments and just put, put us in her shoes uh, as to what, um, what we would experience, experience if we were her. Uh, so I, I give all the all the props to the team, uh, the the creative team and the production team of, of, and the writing team for for doing that and and uh, just putting us in her her perspective there. Uh, and yeah, like you said, this this episode had a lot of elements of horror, uh, and it was was horror. Uh, and I, I know I've said on here before that I I'm not the the biggest horror person. Uh, but I do, uh, kind of enjoy that feeling of like being, uh, scared, uh, or just being on edge and not knowing really what's happening, but you know, something is about to happen. Yeah. Uh, type of feeling. Uh, and they, they played it up to, to everything there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, as I, I just loved it all overall. So, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. And I would agree with you what you were saying about how well the production team put that scene together where, you know, she gets separated from Virgil and, and ends up in this room where she's kind of, there's claustrophobia and she doesn't really know what her surroundings are and everything. And we do find out later what's actually in there, what's in that house. But just the way that they completely cut off all the sound and you have probably a good couple minutes where it's just, her and her reacting to her surroundings and everything, but you don't hear a thing because they want to put us, as you were saying, in her perspective. So, yeah, I really, really love that too. And and sort of uh, as somebody my, myself who struggles with a little bit of hearing loss uh, as, as I get older here, uh, I can sort of relate to that feeling of, of being like of helplessness almost and, and not being able to tell sort of what's what's around you in some of these some of these moments. So. Uh, yeah, I, again, I lo love the acting from, from Lauren in that scene, and she sort of peeks through. She She's sort of sifting through the cabinets to, to find maybe some, something to help her escape, and she sees this little, like, hole in the middle of the, of the um, you know, behind the mirror there in the bathroom, and she sort of peeks in, and there's this great moment of, like, you know something's behind there, but you're not sure if <laughs> she's seeing it, because as was sort of alluded to, it's like, she might be seeing things because she's the lack of sleep and she hasn't slept in like a week or whatever it is. And so you, you're not really sure if, if what the hell she's actually seeing, but it turns out there's these like creatures. We'll, we'll just call them that for now <laughs> in the house. And she sees one of them sort of behind the glasses, this great moment of, of her like eyeballs. She sees it and it pops right under the, her, the eyeball pops onto the screen and everything. And, Kind of a bit of a jump scare, but a really well-executed jump scare, I thought. Oh, and and uh, sort of as her and Virgil get separated in the house, and then they sort of have to work back to find find each other again as they're escaping from these uh, these things here. So, uh, yeah, I, re I really, really like that scene. And, yeah, just the, the sort of the, her, this entire episode, like most of it was 
it set in this sort of haunted house environment. There's some other stuff that we'll get into later with, with the other groups, but I really, really love that sort of old school horror vibe that they brought here. And uh, the big sort of reveal that we get is that they're not zombies in this house. They're not, not necessarily creatures, but they are people that have sort of reverted, reverted back to their most feral, sort of state almost like it kind of reminded me of like Gollum from Lord of the Rings or something you know this very like like kind of you know um weird sort of reclusive uh thing that these these sort of people have become and it's really really interesting that they continue to find ways to sort of reinvent this idea of people what they become after this sort of post-apocalyptic scenario and you know, we've seen the the cannibalism. We've seen the the saviors and what they do. The whisperers living amongst the zombies. You know, and now we have the and and in the Commonwealth, which we're getting a lot of this season, like the 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 high high class level um, okay. people trying to bring back uh, that sort of what it was before. And, and you know, we didn't get any Commonwealth this episode. We'll probably be back with them next week, but. Uh, I love that they're still able to find ways to create these sort of threats and like what, what human beings can turn into. Because at this point I feel like the timeline is probably It's, it's definitely been over a decade, I think since the start of the zombie apocalypse. And I think that sort of where we are now with all the time jumps and everything, I, I would guesstimate probably about 12 to 15 years after sort of that first episode. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure chronologically how it, how it all works out, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, so that far after nearly a decade after all the shit has sort of hit the fan here, um, there, there are definitely offshoots of humanity, some that are good, some that are at their sort of most, uh, animalistic sort of under underlying tones as human beings. So really, really interesting stuff there and sort of the, these people that are living in this house and, and sort of attacking uh, Virgil and Connie in this episode. Yeah. And you kind of see them. I like, I like your comparison to, to Gollum from, from Lord of the yeah, Rings. Right. And it's, and like, you could kind of tell that they are also cannibals too, because uh, you see the, the skulls and the, the bones, uh, I believe like in the basement, when she uh, <coughs> Connie gets down there. Uh, and you see, you see all that kind of what remains in there, and that's really how they're probably surviving as well. Um, and like Connie and Virgil would, would just be the next meal, basically. Uh, and that's they they end up getting out of that, and it's very clever on how how they get up out of that. But yeah. uh, just going through the house, getting through the walls of the house. Um, trying to to fight um, these these feral people in their environment um, that they've created uh, presented a lot of challenges for for Connie and Virgil yeah. uh, and and getting getting through that because uh, at one point when they're going down the hallway they get separated uh, right and they they do that on on purpose uh, to 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 just separate them and, and try to get them. Um, thinking on their own and not together uh, because Connie's big thing um, when getting out the house um, was being together because uh, they, they kind of, they touched fists um, 
and did the, the little sign language thing for for togetherness. So uh, it was uh, kind of their plan to to split them up uh, in the house and kind of kind of fight <laughs> fight them separately. So uh, and what Connie kind of did uh, is, is clever as far as getting in the wall uh, and being safe in there. But uh, Virgil uh, still uh, there's still complications in communication there. Uh, Virgil ended up getting getting stabbed by his own knife. It looked like uh, from from one of the the, uh, the house dwellers. I'll, I'll also call him too. Uh, so it was it was uh, something to see. Uh, it was great uh, and and how they managed to escape that and letting all the walkers in the house. Yeah, uh, and getting the the old the old season one adage of putting all the putting all the blood and guts on you mm -hmm. from the dead. Uh, so you, so you you don't uh, so the zombies don't detect uh, the human smell uh, and opening up the door and when you find out that the these these house dwellers aren't actual walkers or, or dead uh, it's, it's a great way to, to get out of that situation yeah it's funny it's like that disguising themselves with all the zombie flesh that they used in in season one and then they like didn't use it again for like five or six seasons it was like yeah, yeah. what are you guys doing why don't you just do that thing again and then they did and then they've seemingly used it more and more and more as over the last few seasons so I, i'm liking that i don't you know i don't know if it was fans online being like well, why don't you just do that like because it's so it's an easy way to escape a horde of zombies and so i, I like that they've been using that sort of more and more as the show goes on here, but yeah, I love that scene of just her in the wall and him being attacked by, by one of these people and, and being stabbed repeatedly. And, and, uh, he, so he's in pretty rough shape, but he still managed to get her out. And just that scene of, of him, you know, she can't communicate that she's in the wall. So there's no way for him to know if that's just another one of these people. So, She's like tap banging on the wall trying to get out. And he's like thinking that it might be another one of these creatures or, or golems, I guess I'll, I'll call them golems here. Um, so he's like stabbing at her in the, in the wall as she's like trying to tear at it. And, right. and then there gets to a point where I'm like, Oh man, you're, you're just as a fan, you're on the edge of your seat thinking like, you know, is, is, is he going to stab her by accident or something? You know, just that, that would be horrifying, but they, she, she does manage to, to get out and and then he, he realizes it sort of at the last second as he's going in and she puts her arm out. It's in this sort of um, very like well done scene here. And yeah, and then they, they sort of figure out that they disguise themselves as zombies, do that old trick and and let let them all in. And I sort of love that. It was sort of like because at first you're not sure if these things are zombies or if they're just people that they're sort of most, you know, they're like golems as I was kind of saying. And they, this is like sort of the final confirmation that yes, they are in fact people at, at the core um, because they do have a showdown with the zombies here. And I love that sort of the, the people getting taken out by the, the zombies or the golem golems versus zombies. I'm calling this scene, which <laughs> is just super entertaining to see that go down the way that it did. So uh, they managed to escape this situation and uh, they do eventually get reunited with, um, you know, uh, um, Angel Theory's character, Kelly. Uh, Kelly, who, yep. Yep. Who does get a scene earlier on in the show as 
they get the information, uh, picking up from where we left off last episode, that she's alive, they sort of send this group out to find her that includes Rosita and Carol uh, and, and Kelly and the um, Magna. Magna. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're all sort of out searching for her, but of course Kelly gets the head start because she's like really wants to find her sister. So she sort of acts on, on instinct and emotion there. And then, you know, has a really, really nice scene that I liked where she, she finds her, 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 you know, her notepad with all the different messages sort of recounting where she's been since she sort of escaped that, that horde, the alpha's horde. Um, and so I really like, like that angel theory doesn't get enough credit. I don't think on this show for the emotion that she's able to convey as Kelly uh, really, really well done job here by her acting wise as well. And um, also somebody that they're playing off as having hearing loss. So I, right. I think the, the character, both the character and maybe the actress as well. I'm not sure. Have yeah, that she sort does. Of thing. Yeah. She does. Yeah. So not fully deaf, but uh, definitely still hearing impaired. So really let, really liked what we got from, from her in this episode and just a, a very emotional scene when they do finally reunite and everything and uh and get to sort of see each other again and so we'll see kind of where we go from here virgil seems like he's in pretty rough shape so hopefully they're able to get him medical attention and everything too because right. I, I i love that actor and he was great in the leftovers if anybody's watched the leftovers he's amazing in that show as well so i i hope we get to see more virgil and that he doesn't just kick the bucket in the next episode but yeah any, any sort of other thoughts on on sort of the the connie storyline here before we move on and talk about the other groups in this episode uh, not really. Um, it'd be interesting to see kind of where she goes from here. Connie in general, uh, just being kind of sleep deprived and kind of seeing her, her visions. Um, if that gets healed with proper rest or is that going to have long-term effects on, on her now, uh, as far as, um, kind of being back in Alexandria and kind of dealing with the problems Alexandria is having too. And what, what, how does that affect her, um, just her character in general, um, if they, if they address that or not? So that's what I'm, I'd be looking for. Yeah. And now that she's sort of reunited with the group, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between her and Daryl, if they, those two ever find each other again. Cause like it, it's seemingly there might've been a little bit of little sparks there before. Uh, I, I think that was yeah. like, uh, chronologically that was after, after, Daryl and Leah in the cabin and all that stuff. So um, yeah. that'll be sort of interesting to see if those two ever cross paths and how that factors in with the dynamic with, with Leah and what's currently happening with Daryl, which is sort of a good segue here to yeah. talk about the other stuff. And that also, we got this episode. yeah. Yeah. And also between Connie and Carol, because right. they were in, in the cave together. Yeah. Uh, and Carol, Carol seemingly kind of left her behind and Carol was kind of feeling guilty about it. Uh, and we'll see kind of how that relationship has, uh, is going to go, um, if, if they address that too. So, um, yeah, I think they yeah. will. I think we'll have a, a, a nice scene between, uh, Connie and, and Carol maybe in the next episode. So I'm, I'm, I'd be look forward to seeing that as well. Um, but yeah, we do sort of cut back and forth, uh, as, as me and Corey like to review these episodes, we sort of talk about one group and then we move on to the next group, even though. Timeline wise in the episode, they do like to jump back and forth, but it sort of helps, I think, to keep the conversation focused here by by sort of doing that. So um, we do move on to 
Daryl and oh man, what he has to go through this episode. <laughs> uh, wow, man. Like it, talk about sort of a tonal shift. Like this, this had this sort of horror thing going on, but on the other side of things, you had this sort of really intense dynamic between uh, Pope and his group, the Reapers and, and Daryl and sort of his, you know, we saw his indoctrination, if you would, into this group. And you can tell that there's sort of some, some dissension already being the seed sort of being sown as, as we see Leah sort of make an argument to the, the other hothead guy. I forget the character's name, but he's a, uh, you know, she's saying like, oh, you were just going to leave me to die. You know, you knew what Pope was going to do in that, that scenario. So there's, I, I don't know, definitely some so, some seeds being sowed for dissension in this group. And, and we'll sort of see if like, like maybe Leah ends up with like switching sides with Daryl and turning on that group. Because I, I mean, this this group is like destined to, to collapse here eventually. And, and with yeah. Pope seemingly... Uh, completely off the deep end at this point uh, with his decision making, uh, it'll be, it'll be really sort of interesting to see where that goes. But we do see that they they've captured um, Frost, I believe is the the guy's name. He was one yeah. of Maggie's group, and so they're they're just torturing him in horrible horrible ways. And Daryl uh, goes in there and gets a turn, and really is just conflicted i think as a character i mean there's a lot going on here because it's like he he doesn't want to probably doesn't want to torture one of his own kind or somebody that he he was probably at least friendly with at some point but again he has to sort of play this card of being part of this this reapers group and it's sort of an undercover kind of a uh an inadvertent undercover mission here and and he uh he really goes to town on this guy and uh, tries to get the information out of him, the, the location of where Maggie and Negan and uh, the rest of the group are. And he, he does get it out of him eventually, but uh, the guy loses a finger first, which is not, <laughs> not pleasant uh, for, for, for poor old Mr. Frost here. And then even more unpleasant later on, we find out what, what Pope did to him. But uh, man, this, this poor guy. And so we'll, we'll sort of talk about what he may or may not have said to Pope after Daryl yeah. left with, with the other group uh, later as we sort of end the episode here. But man, this, this torture scene like was, was one of the, I think more intense torture scenes that we've seen on this show in a while. And, and Daryl sort of with that line, Oh, you know, I've had to do worse. Uh, and I'm sure he has, but I mean, this is at a rank up there for him in terms of horrible, horrific things that he's had to do as a character and had to cut this guy's finger off and he was going to keep going too. He was like, all right, you don't want to tell me I'll keep going. Like I'll cut off another finger until you do. So, you know, the pr pretty intense shit here, but uh, I, I really, really loved again, performance wise from all these characters here, especially Norman Reedus who, who crushes it as Daryl on the show as always. But uh, yeah. What, what do you think about the whole uh, torture thing here in this episode, Corey? Yeah, no, the thing I like about, frost is that like he understands his assignment right uh and previous couple episodes ago um uh, that the daryl centric episode we had i believe it was the third or fourth episode of the season um they were down there in the cell together uh, and they kind of had this uh conversation about um really doing what what was needed uh and kind of frost was the fall guy basically 
uh, and like, let's, let's work together. Um, and he kind of just gives him that nod to, to being like, all right, I know what, I know your play here, Daryl. Um, and he's kind of playing his role. Uh, and he gives, gives information, but not a hundred percent accurate information as far as which house to go to. Uh, so that's good. And cause he's, he's also helping Daryl in this situation too, uh, and being, almost correct, <laughs> but, but not a hundred percent. So, uh, it's, it's there. Um, and Daryl, Daryl does what he needs to do. Uh, and kind of the, the big thing I'm, I keep saying this season, like he, he's doing what he has to do to survive. And yeah. Daryl is, uh, he's playing, playing that, that role, kind of that, like the double agent type of role. Uh, and, doing what he needs to do to, yeah, I, I believe like he wants to get Leah out of the situation uh, is what I believe as well. Uh, and kind of have her jump over to her group where at least him being with her for, for the rest of their life, because he definitely wants that dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anything, so, do it for dog. Do it for dog. <laughs> Hashtag do it for Hashtag dog. For <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that's kind of the play I see Daryl wanting to make, uh, but he needs to play that side as well uh, and be be on that type of edge that that he has been on and and getting into that that group and trying to get her out of that situation because they don't I don't believe they really care for for Leah anyway because when they try to test Daryl uh, and try to give him that trial of of locking them in the house and setting it on fire. Um, that kind of told you what, what kind of group they were and they didn't really, they didn't really care for her anyway. So, um, they, but she is kind of showing loyalty, uh, in the sense that, um, Daryl's, Daryl's with us. Daryl, uh, is, is, um, what he's not really cracked up to be in, in that sense of being loyal to, to the, the Maggie group there. So uh, it's, it's all uh, fun and games until you, to you have to have to die for it. And Frost, that's what Frost did. Or lose uh, a finger. Yeah. Or lose a finger <laughs> finger. Uh, but we see kind of at the end of the episode um, before, or, yeah, before we talk about them in the house, um, kind of Frost's demise uh, or his, yeah. his destiny and uh, what Pope uh, or what he may or may not have told Pope. Uh, and it seems like he he gave up the goods on Daryl. Uh, he may he have. Died, uh, just by by the look that Pope gave, gave mm -hmm. Daryl. So uh, we'll, we'll see how kind of that plays out. But uh, when they're in the house, uh, we do see that they end up in the in the same houses, uh, Maggie, Negan, uh, Gabriel, and and the other guy, um, and Daryl. Daryl kind of sees them and knows where they're hiding, and he tries to cover it up. And kind of at the last minute, um, kind of the I we don't know his name, the the head Reaper Enforcer. Uh, he was like, "All right, let's <laughs> let's check this this basement cellar here." Yeah. Uh, and they ended up escaping. So, uh, yeah, they he still he still doesn't fully trust Arrow, obviously. Uh, but 
and and Daryl keeps pushing his buttons too. So, uh, oh yeah, that's that's definitely a Daryl thing to do because Daryl <laughs> Daryl is an alpha, and you, you're not gonna go alpha versus alpha and not uh, and not have some type of budding head. So it's yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they'll they'll play that out, and I I want to see that fight at the end of the season or the end of whatever episode they're gonna be fighting because that they're setting that up is is the fight between those oh, two yeah. so oh absolutely I'm, I'm excited to see that yeah yeah for sure i think it's only a question of when like does it happen in, in episode eight here or is it going to happen you know at the next chunk of episodes that we get right um but yeah i feel like where that showdown is sort of inevitable there and yeah daryl is he, he's very smart in the way that he he approaches these situations you know he he, he sort of maneuvers it so that he gives maggie a signal um by sort of wiggling the um the power lines there to sort of warn them that, that they're there and everything. And he also like sort of feeds them information by being like, you know, at sort of, well, we got 20 guys uh, uh, at, at, you know, back at the compound, there's this, there's that sort of feeding them little nuggets of information to, to Maggie's group to, to possibly use later on. So um, yeah, a showdown between those characters, it would be great. And I think just the two groups, like the Reapers against, Maggie's group or, or people from Alexandria, I think is sort of where we're headed in this first batch of episodes. And then I think maybe the paths converge at the Commonwealth uh, later on down, down the line in the mm. season. So um, yeah. So the, the, you know, Maggie's group, they managed to escape and uh, Daryl's group. Now uh, the Reapers sort of go back, to their, they they do figure out that the guy was telling the truth for the most part that they were there, but they sort of they managed to avoid each other um, with help from Daryl. But they do get back to the sort of Reaper compound here, and Hope uh, you can see has killed Frost and strung him up as a zombie, uh, and gives Daryl that look of like, oh, I continued the conversation. You know, he says I continued a conversation with our friend here. And I got all everything that I need. And then he sort of uh, apologizes to the, the other, you know, hothead guy there. That we're forgetting his name because um, I'm sure he's going to end up uh, dead by the end of this. Um, but because he's he's going to get what's coming to him eventually. But so there's that sort of dynamic there, and and Pope keeps playing the mind games. So we'll see. I mean, I it the every the indications here are that. He revealed that Daryl, who Daryl really is, just by sort of the way they set this all up. So we'll see how that sort of factors in. And when Hope does ultimately make that decision to tell the rest of the group if he does have that information and how that affects, you know, Daryl and Leah. And, and obviously they're not going to take too kindly to it. And, and Daryl even admitted, like, he was scared that this guy was going to push him, push his head into the fire with his boot. He admits it to one of the other guys in the group earlier on in the episode. So this Pope guy is, uh, is really lost it. And I think he's just ready to kill anybody that, uh, gets in the way of him and, uh, sort of maintaining that alpha control over, mm -hmm. over his group and over the Reapers. So really interested to see how it all pans out over the next couple episodes and whether or not the Reapers make it into the next batch of episodes that we get in 2022 because i feel like there's a big showdown that's going to take place and i feel like that showdown is probably 
usually like the end of episode eight, uh, sort of the end of the first act. Yeah. Yeah. So those are sort of my overall thoughts on the on this episode. Uh, I loved it. I think it might be my, as I said, my favorite episode of the season uh, with sort of everything that we got and that sort of old school horror thing as well. So uh, really, really enjoyed it. Solid episode here. And I'm really looking forward to the, the next couple episodes that we get because there's only two more left um, before we take a big break and then come back in the earlier part of 2022. So, um, yeah, Corey, any, any final thoughts here on this? Yeah, I'm a, I'm actually expecting next week's to be one of the best episodes of this kind of eight Might because be. it is the, it yeah. is the penultimate episode um, before before the the first third of the uh, season is over. It's so the seventh and eighth uh, episodes are usually the, some of the craziest. Yeah, so it's yeah. really gonna so, ramp up here. Yeah, something's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I imagine it's with Pope and Daryl uh, and. Maybe in the Commonwealth too. Something, something's gonna got. Someone has to play major in the Commonwealth. Uh, and we saw Eugene get captured or arrested, if you will, uh, last week. So uh, we'll see kind of re- the repercussions for that next week and uh, what what happens to Stephanie and the rest of the group. Really, uh, that's there in the Commonwealth and how they they're gonna get out of that situation there. So I am excited to see that. Yeah, me too, man. I'm looking forward to these last couple episodes that we're getting this year. Um, but yeah, that's going to, I think, do it for us here today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DaganSB. That's D-A-G-A-N-S-B. And on a lot of different shows here on Let's Get Ready Network, uh, myself and Corey, any given schmo day every Sunday at 530 Eastern. It's always a good time over there. And uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, wrestling talk shows. We've got a lot of that. I just did my Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, adventure and, and recap and a bunch of other shows there. So definitely go check that out. And we're almost at 700 subscribers, everybody. We, we want to get to that thousand here. So make sure to subscribe here on YouTube and hit that thumbs up and share. And if you like what we do, make sure to tell everybody about Let's Get Ready Network and all that good stuff. Corey, why don't you let everybody know where folks can find you and what you got coming up. And you can find me at Corey Cameron Visuals on Instagram, Corey Cameron Biz on Twitter, CoreyCameronVisuals.com. Absolutely. We'll see you next week, everybody. Looking forward to some shit about to go down here in the Walking Dead universe. And I can't wait. It's going to be very exciting. So we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.